Hey everyone, hope you're having a nice day so far. In Labyrinth of Evil by James Luceno, having tracked Count Dooku to the Outer Rim world of Tithe shortly before the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker, in a moment of uncontrollable anger, unleashes the dark side, bringing down an entire dome on top of Obi-Wan and himself. So now I'm going to read the excerpt from chapter 41, which goes over this moment where Anakin displays this power. And then we're going to talk about it for a minute, and then we're going to go on to another chapter which displays Dooku's actual thoughts about what Anakin just did. And then after that, we'll jump to another chapter that will focus on Anakin's thoughts as he's buried within the rubble while Dooku escapes. And these thoughts are the ones that are quite troubling because he starts to have actual visions of Padme dying. So here we go from the top. For every droid either of them destroyed, five more would appear, creating an impenetrable barrier between them and the doorway, through which Dooku had certainly disappeared moments before they had arrived. Dooku! Anakin snarled through clenched teeth. I will kill you! Control your rage, Anakin, Obi-Wan managed to say between breaths. Don't give him the satisfaction. Anakin shot him a worrisome scowl. Can't have me becoming too powerful now, can we, master? Before Obi-Wan could reply, 20 battle droids hurried into the room through the door behind him. Whirling, he deflected their first barrage, then fought his way to cover behind a heap of dismembered droids where Anakin joined him. In the hope that Dooku was listening from afar, he shouted, Whatever happened here, Dooku, your confederacy is finished. The Republic has all of you on the run, even your master. Sidious. More droids appeared. To Dooku, this was nothing more than a game, Obi-Wan told himself. But if it was a demonstration of force ability that Dooku wanted, then Anakin was still more than willing to provide it. Dooku! He howled, with such force and wrath that the ceiling of the vast hall began to collapse. Dragging himself out from under plasteel girders and chunks of ferrocrete, Count Dooku came shakily to his feet and gazed in astonished disbelief at the shambles of the control room. Had the containment dome been so weak that it had succumbed to flurries of ricocheting blaster bolts? Or had Skywalker's voiced rage actually called the ceiling down? Had Dooku not left forcefully at the last moment, he might have been buried, as the two Jedi were, somewhere below, in the expanse of rubble that covered the archive room. He was certain that they had survived, but if nothing else, they were trapped, which had been the intent from the start. But Skywalker, assuming that he had grown powerful enough to have collapsed the dome, the end result was simply further evidence that he would someday undo himself, wasn't it? Because admitting to any alternative explanation meant accepting that Skywalker was potentially a greater threat to the Sith than anyone realized. Initially, it had cheered him to observe that Skywalker and Kenobi had finally learned to fight together, to see how powerful they had become in partnership, complementing each other's strengths compensating for each other's weaknesses. Kenobi making full use of his inherent discretion to balance young Skywalker's inattentive rowdiness. He could have watched them until the light faded on Fair Tithe, and he wished that General Grievous could be here to witness the display for himself. Now he wasn't so sure. It was an impressive display of power to be sure, but unfortunately, it only managed to provide the perfect distraction for Dooku to escape. However, though buried beneath the rubble and debris, both of the Jedi duo are unharmed. But visions of Padme, Death and destruction have steadily been haunting the young Skywalker, and now trapped under the remains of the dome, the vision becomes more vivid than ever. Here's an excerpt from the book, and then we can talk about it. In the darkness, buried alive, Anakin stretched out with his feelings. In his mind's eye, he saw Padme stalked by a dark, towering creature with a mechanical head. Poised at the edge of a deep abyss, her world turned upside down. A surprise attack. Opponents locked in combat, ground and sky filled with fire, smoke billowing in the air, clouding everything. Death, destruction, deceit, 
a labyrinth of lies. His world turned upside down. He shuddered, as if plunged into liquid gas. One touch would break him to a million shards. His fear for Padme expanded until he couldn't see past it. Yoda's voice in his ear, Fear leads to anger, anger to hatred, hatred to the dark side. He was as afraid to lose her as he was to hold on to her, and the pain of that contradiction made him wish he had never been born. There was no solace, even in the Force. As Qui-Gon had told him, he needed to make sure his focus was his reality. But how? How? Qui-Gon, who had died, even though to his young mind, Jedi weren't supposed to, beside him, Obi-Wan stirred and coughed. You're getting awfully good at destroying things, he said. On Vun, you needed a grenade to do this much damage. Anakin shook the vision from his mind. I told you I was becoming more powerful. Then do us both a favor by getting us out from under all this. They used the force, their hands... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline and backs to extricate themselves. Getting to their feet, they stood staring at each other, dusted white, head to toe from the debris. He was afraid to lose her as he was to hold on to her. What did Anakin mean by this? Now, I'm going to get back to this question in a moment. First, the vision he is struck by could be foretelling Anakin about the upcoming attack by General Grievous on Coruscant. Possibly. After all, the cyborg general is a being with a mechanical head and will conduct a surprise attack on the capital world which will endanger Padme. When he goes to kidnap the Chancellor, there will be opponents locked in combat as the vision stipulates. The bombardments from the Separatist fleet will make the ground and sky fill with fire and smoke. But of course, the vision could also perfectly describe another destined future that is a threat to Padme. One we are far more familiar with. One with perhaps a different mechanical being, a different surprise attack from a friend this time with two brothers locked in combat on a world filled from ground to sky with smoke and fire. But going back to my first question, Anakin is both afraid to lose and to hold on to Padme. We can tell from this passage that I just read how much his love for his wife clashes with his responsibilities to the Jedi and the Force. His double life is tearing him apart. Just like they said in episode 2, they can't live like this. So he doesn't want to lose Padme for obvious reasons as he wants to spend the rest of his life with the woman he loves. Yet the Jedi in him knows that he can never truly commit to the Order and to the light side if he stays with her. Either way, stay or leave Padme, the choice requires Anakin to sacrifice an important part of himself. It's no wonder that he can feel like it was better if he hadn't been born. So before I wrap it up, I was curious what you guys thought about Qui-Gon Jinn's instruction to Anakin to make his focus his reality. This is something he talks about in episode one. Did Anakin decide Padme was his focus, his reality? And with that focus, he was able to slaughter his former friends and allies in the Jedi Temple. If so, was it Qui-Gon Jinn's teachings and not Darth Sidious's that aided the young Darth Vader during Order 66? From a certain point of view, of course. Now, one thing I found really interesting about this is that Dooku was so astonished with how powerful Anakin had become. I mean, this is just another testament as to how powerful the Chosen One was, in the sense that he didn't even know how strong he had become. And these were the new powers that he was starting to develop and feel just as he turned to the dark side. This is why he tells Obi-Wan, or at least in my opinion is why he tells Obi-Wan, you underestimate my powers, because these powers that he was feeling and developing 
were all new. He just didn't have enough time to actually learn how to use them. This force rage that he showed and collapsed the whole dome of the building was something unintentional. He obviously didn't mean to do that. He just didn't have any control of his force powers. He's kind of like Phoenix from the X-Men. So full of power, but untamed and uncontrolled. Now, I truly believe if he had lived a little bit longer on Mustafar, then he would have definitely learned to own these powers at least somewhat more. Or if he had stayed in the light, he would have really become a master of his abilities. But of course, we got what we got with the story. Now, it is said that Starkiller from The Force Unleashed was actually supposed to be a showcase of how powerful Luke was supposed to become at his full potential. Now, if Anakin was supposed to be just as or maybe a little more powerful than Luke, it just goes to show what he could have done had he stayed in the light, or at least not lost on Mustafar. All of Anakin's issues and problems came from within. They all came from his own mind, which he created into this monster demon type thing that took over his whole life and existence and changed the fate of the galaxy. Now, a fan theory and a popular one is that Palpatine actually put all of these visions in his head. In a video I did a long time ago, it was actually said that Dooku corralled the Sand People to get Shmi, to get Anakin's mother. And I believe all of these things were tiny little strings that were being pulled by Palpatine from the background. If you remember, he was the one who wanted Obi-Wan and Anakin to be on the case for Padme and her assassin. He could have chose any other Jedi, but he made a good argument as to why Obi-Wan would have been the one, even though they hadn't seen her in about 10 years. Palpatine knew what he was doing, and everything was deliberately done in the background. This is why I believe all of those visions and dreams and things were possibly planted in his own mind. That being said, one of Anakin's greatest powers was his ability to see into the future, his visions, his premonitions. So therefore, it also leads me to believe that maybe Palpatine wasn't the one that put these visions in his head. Maybe this was just the will of the Force and he had to end up as Darth Vader. There wasn't any other outcome that the Force wanted. Definitely some interesting theories here to think about and talk about, and maybe we can go over them in another video. There is an excerpt here as well, which I didn't read, which talks about Dooku theorizing on what he would do if Grievous had died. See, at this point, Grievous was on Coruscant fighting Mace Windu, and that's another video I'm going to make on its own as well. But essentially, he thinks about, well, if Grievous died, then what is he going to do? And funny enough, there's actually a part in there where it talks about Yoda accepting him back into the Jedi Temple. But there are a few caveats there that we need to go over in another video, which would make it really interesting. Hope you enjoyed this video, an excerpt from the Labyrinth of Evil novel by James Luceno. I'll see you all in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always.